0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 392 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd, with my accomplice, Joe. How are we doing today?
1: Would I be the guy that you go on the bank heist with? That robs the that drives the getaway car, or am I the one back at the hideout waiting for you to finally get there as an accomplice?
0: You are the guy behind the computer, like the techno guy, like oh. changing the stoplights for me, like giving me all greens so I can get away. That's what you are. You're my tech guy.
1: I would be like uh, I was almost gonna say gadget, but what's his name in uh, the Punisher show? Uh, microchip. Microchip. I uh,
0: I say you're more like my oracle.
1: Oh, okay. I was gonna say I look uh, I'm like your I'm like your microchip, and I look less like Kenny Omega. Uh,
0: uh, you look like the comic book microchip,
1: though. Right. See, I look like a comic book microchip, <laughs> but you can't cast that guy in a TV show.
0: No, you can't. You can't get uh, Paul Giamatti who put on a few too many.
1: We to want do a TV that. ugly, not ugly. ugly.
0: <laughs> That's right. I've I've been called a lot of ugly, pugly. <laughs> I've never been called ugly, ugly.
1: <laughs> oh, and how did it make my face go right back to the way it used to look? <laughs> anyway.
0: We're already, we're already <laughs> in Simpsons
1: references. All right, enough. Yes. Todd, we have comic book stuff to talk about. We have news and all sorts of things. What's on the agenda for tonight?
0: That's right. We have uh, the CW comic book shows, which ones have been renewed and which ones have been canceled, Joe. Click, clicky bait stuff. Um, uh, also what's, uh, uh Donnie Cates' new project and also Marvel announced the book or something. We'll, we'll discuss that a little bit later. Also, uh, con news, free digital books and sales.
1: Oh, and, what and we, big news in the digital <laughs> books and sales.
0: Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't look at that. I looked at the con news. I
1: didn't look at the free digital books. And sales. He makes it, he makes it a quarter down my emails. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> yeah. That is a good run for me. I, I'm what, I'm not complaining.
0: What we read last week, which was Saga 50 and Jessica Jones 18 and also Doomsday Clock number four.
1: Yes, um, we did read those books.
0: Yes. What we're looking forward to this week, an art attack and also, uh, TV talk, uh, at the end of with just Krypton and the penultimate episode of Legends of Tomorrow where there's some wrinkles in time, I think.
1: Uh, wrinkles being the operative <laughs> word. Yep. Good lord. So, let's get into business. Todd, let's kind of, uh, start with the way that you laid things out there. Uh, mm, so- Perfectly, by the way. Right, of course. Seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I guess now is the time where a lot of these, uh, networks are starting to announce they're being renewed for the 2018-2019 fall schedule. And I was surprised, Todd, that the CW had so many comic book shows on their schedule. What? They have a lot of comic book shows. Right. So, they announced that Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, and Riverdale are all being re- renewed for next season. hmm I know a lot of people are happy about Legends of Tomorrow being uh, renewed, since that means... Uh, Matt Smith plays, uh, Constantine has kind Matt of already Ryan. said, like, yeah, if the show comes back, I'll, I'll return as a full-time character. And the people who make the show and who do the CW are like, we didn't talk to him. What's he? He's going to the, he's shooting. He's going into business for himself. <laughs>
0: and also, it's Matt Ryan, not Matt Smith.
1: Oh, Matt Ryan. Matt Smith, uh, uh, that's a name of no consequence to me, so.
0: <laughs> that's 11th of the no names that are
1: got con- a no consequence to you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. but the only show not being picked up is iZombie. And I know why, Joe. Why is that one not being picked up, Todd?
0: Because Legends of Tomorrow stole the wig from iZombie for Sarah for the death totem, Mm -hmm. and
1: they they can't find it, so they can't go on. Well, maybe we'll reveal where the death totem is. (laughs) I hope so, later in the...
0: But I'm glad a lot of them have all renewed and the best CW comic book show is coming back, Riverdale for a third season. So good. So good. And I am not even making jokes about that. I I I talk to every. I watch Riverdale. It is if you like good book soap opera over the top, but not too over the top, perfectly paced TV shows, Riverdale's the show for
1: you. You are not the first yes. person to suggest this to me. Mm-hmm. That I have to watch Riverdale. And one of these days I'm gonna. But every, like, we'll be like, all right, maybe I'll watch Riverdale. It's like, oh, Krypton's gone. We're gonna watch Krypton instead.
0: Or it's like, oh, Marvel
1: mm-hmm. released another show. I'm gonna try to watch that,
0: you know? Because we got all the way through Inhumans.
1: And, no, I say we watched enough of Inhumans to get a good enough impression.
0: We paid for Inhumans. Right! So. Both with money and our time and our soul.
1: I left my house during the week, Todd.
0: Oh, you don't do that often, Joe.
1: No, at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so, as I'm looking at the, the press release with this, I guess CW is expanding what nights they're going to have original programming on, Saturday mm-hmm. night being the only night they're not gonna. Uh And they have six comic book shows I'm sure they'll be looking at doing full 22 season orders for all of these shows, even though we have pleaded with them multiple times on this very show for them not to do that.
0: Well, hey, you gotta make that cheddar, Joe. You gotta make hay while the sun is shining.
1: enough with the hay. Who even does, who even deals with hay these days? Farms Mm -hmm. too, and they're not listening to this podcast, I checked.
0: American Spats (laughs) was another one. Uh, what was America? U.S. Hay.
1: Big Hay. <laughs> Big Hay. We're never going to get them as a sponsor now if I, if I drug their good name through the mud.
0: mm mm-hmm, the, the Hay Council
1: is <laughs> not going to come to us. All right. I'm, if, if we keep talking like this, I'm going to have no choice but to make another Simpsons reference. All right, let's move on. All right, so it was also announced um, Hot Rising Writer at Marvel. Uh, while it was officially announced that he is definitely leaving the Thanos book, and there seems to be some question whether or not there's going to be that Cosmic Ghost Rider book. It doesn't have a date or anything. Uh His next project, which does have a date, the miniseries Death of the Inhumans.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's, you know, over the last three years or so, uh Marvel has been neglecting some books in lieu of pushing the Inhumans to the forefront and had multiple Inhuman books being published. And now, with Black Bolt having a solo book ending, it looks like um, around this time the Lockjaw miniseries will be wrapping up as well. And this, I guess, is going to put a bow on whatever this three-year plan that Marvel had for the Inhumans was. I don't know why they would just give up in the middle of this. Unless they had something to replace the Inhumans on the schedule. But I have been enjoying what Donny Cates has been doing. I might check this out.
0: Um, I'm the same way. I chalk it up to... A crazy failed experiment with the Inhumans. But uh, I know, uh, I, I am. And I, and I like what Donnie Cates does because there's something that I've seen with him now. It just seems like he has his story to tell and he's not staying around too long if he doesn't have a story. Cause he's leaving Doctor Strange after what? Like six, eight issues? I know you read his Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. And then he had the damn, the damnation of Doctor Strange or something like that could be wrong but he he had the thanos he had his story to tell in there he's doing the death of the inhumans maybe he has a mini with uh the cosmic ghost writer. i like his style that he doesn't want to do these long like drawn out stories he seems to move around i think that's going to keep him fresh um and I'm, I'm i'm interested to see what he'll do with the uh inhumans i'm sad I dr strange run um because i got into it late but uh i'll give this a try and see where it goes and the it the the title is a grabber for me. I'm all, I'm down with the
1: title. Right. Um, and again, we kid the Inhumans cause we love, uh, they're good secondary characters, support characters, if you will, uh, not so much to be the arm of publishing with multiple books being published to varying levels of success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's bad, you know, obviously when they were not doing a lot of stuff at the, uh, x-men and now that the x-men are back um the inhumans i think work better as like secondary characters as mentioned like fantastic four books
0: mm-hmm. and only the royal family like pretty much and, and like a few side ones and they're no substitute for the persecuted different characters of the marvel universe that's what it is is you're trying to substitute them for another group that's that was already there but uh i know exactly what you're saying
1: Right, so, uh, apropos of nothing and unrelated to nothing, uh, Marvel announced that coming this August, written by Dan Slott with art by Sarah Pacelli, the Fantastic Four are back. Really? I hadn't noticed that
0: anybody announced that.
1: Oh my goodness, Todd. Oh, uh, I, and Marvel oh, was having some fun with their social media on that.
0: Oh, I got to talk about that when you're done. Oh. Go ahead.
1: I'm done. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, I'm done, and then I got my comments, but go ahead. All
0: right. Me, it was, it was, all right. They announced it, and they're like, we have a big announcement. And then they had, like, their little, like, a, like a test pattern. And then the next day, it was like, they started tweeting out the, the like, the, like, the four or whatever. And then at a few hours before noon, like, what's noon? It's like, nine o'clock it's like one said two and i'm like and they got me every hour i was like just just get to four i have to admit they they amped up the my expectations and when they announced it i was like yes like i could hear the like hallelujah ode to joy i I was really pumped for it and i'm not the biggest dan slot guy in the last few years but i think he's going to be good for the project the only one that i would have liked better was chip sadarsky Moving his marvel two-in-one which they say is going to stay around so i'm happy about that but uh dan slot uh we we joke is kind of like the 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 mark wade who when he was at dc he knew everything dan slot knows his history at marvel, so i'm happy with that um and i think the big like cosmic characters he's gonna have a ball with so i'm looking i'm really looking forward to this book the only question i have is when does Dr. Doom turn? Does he turn early or is he going to be Invincible Iron Man for a while? But either way, I'm down with issue one as soon as it comes out.
1: Right. Uh, me too. And that's, uh, I'm glad you brought up what you did because uh, I didn't do a ton of, ton of reading on it. I'm like, okay, I, listen, I'm a Dan Slot fan. Uh, I've been enjoying the entirety of The Amazing Spider Man 1. I know a lot of people haven't, but again, that's, you know, your mileage may vary, what have you. I was surprised to see uh that he was taking over this book because the way that things were being set up with Marvel 2-in-1, I assumed that Chip Zdarsky was going to be doing the Fantastic Four book.
0: He figured it would take over for
1: that. Right, least. it would just replace it on the schedule. But mm-hmm. I didn't know that they were keeping the 2-in-1 book with Zdarsky as the writer of that. So it'll be interesting to see since 2-in-1 is the book that it would seem Fantastic Four is returning in, mm-hmm. How, that book will continue once the Fantastic Four returns. I'm
0: thinking maybe it will be a team-up book, like it always, like it used to be in the past. Right. Where the thing just team, the thing and maybe, uh, or Human Torch or beams up with like, hey, this month it's Spider-Man, we have our adventure. Next month it's, you know, Captain America. Next month it's, you know, Moonstone. Like whoever it does, it just doesn't matter. But. uh... I'd like to see that, and because back in the day, they did have Fantastic Four running concurrently with the Marvel 2 and one so it, it, it could work, and hey, I'm a guy who's like, if one, you know, a book with, with one thing is good, two books with a thing in it is even better.
1: I agree, so, and that thing is, of course, you know, Marvel 2 and one uh, did change after time, and I'm sure it will probably change eventually.
0: Mhm.
1: Uh with the um return of the Fantastic Four. So the other thing that I know about was um I will admit I am not like the like a super Fantastic Four fan. Like I'm sure there are a lot of people are. I've enjoyed yeah. the Fantastic Four for some time. I was definitely not come lately with it. I more so follow writers than I do folks, but it was writers like Mark Wade that took over the book. And Dan Slott, when he did the Thing miniseries, um, the Dwayne McDuffie run on Fantastic Four, I think is a little underrated, but it got, you know, kind of uh, fooled around a little bit on him. But, um, it was just so funny to me that everyone was like, oh man, I can't believe the Fantastic Four are back, they're my favorites. Now you could argue, um, even though there's a lot of evidence that point to this fact, that they stopped publishing a Fantastic Four book because it wasn't selling. False. But you could also point to the fact that it was the whole thing with 20th Century Fox, and now that they've got the rights back, or at least are in the tr- on the road to getting the rights, now mm-hmm. Marvel feels comfortable about pu- publishing a Fantastic Four book.
0: Oh, I could do a whole podcast about that conversation.
1: Okay, well let's.
0: But no, like really, and even with like Brever, and I believe Brever's a company man. He's got to say what the what the empty suits tell him to say. Of course. But but come on, like when he talks about oh there is no reason for that, there's no you know that has nothing to do with the fact that Fox has the rights to the FF and anything like that. And you comp- you don't just take the book away, you just take the book away. You you erase the FF from history. Like there are no T-shirts with them on. There aren't any toys. There are no games. Like like uh your marvel puzzle quest for a while saying stuff like oh we weren't allowed to do it now granted i don't know how that changed but there were card games where it was like oh there was booster packs we were told we can't use any of these we were creating like trading cards we were told we can't do art for any of the fantastic four and you're like come on you tell me and now the the contracts or whatever are coming back because you're buying fox and now all of a sudden you can do it and you're going to stand there with a straight face and tell me that had nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. and the whole thing it was just sales. I was at the shop the other day and when this was announced, and our, our retailer and, and, and the bassist and everybody else were discussing numbers. And the and rest. Like, <laughs> and the rest. And they were discussing numbers. And it was like, yeah, all right, FF wasn't the top-selling book at Marvel, but all these books that they want to push that are all nobody characters, you could combine five of them, and they weren't selling what 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 fantastic four was selling Mm. so get that garbage out of here that you know that it wasn't selling it may not be selling what you wanted but it was selling way more than some of these i'm trying to think of some of like your your devil dinosaurs or your whatever that they were that they've been publishing over the years ff crushed that so like i just it just gets me mad like just say what it is and i'll be perfectly fine with it i get I, I I don't know when it happened, but I understand comics became a business. Mm-hmm. Just just explain it that way. Oh boy, I got worked up over that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, so the other one that I, I you mentioned you didn't mention there um, was because I was going through a lot of the old posts to update one of my seats, and there was the one poster that I, I mentioned because I knew because my folks had it at their house. Where mm-hmm. it was like the big red and white marvel underneath and then all the characters. Right. And then there was the new re release of that that all the Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four related characters were all taken out of. Yep. And we put it in the post and we were like talking about it at the show of like, oh, they took this person out and replaced him with this, and they took Sue out and replaced her with this, and they took, you know, whomever, right? Mm-hmm. So And again, I'm 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 playing devil's advocate here regarding sales numbers, regarding you know, all the other stuff, I tend to believe and lean toward more the fact that it was because of whatever legal wranglings they had, and they didn't want to put the book out because of the movie rights. Um But, like I said, you know, if Marvel wants to pretend that that wasn't what it is, I'm not going to agree with them, but at least I'm going to mention it.
0: Here's the way I look at it. You give me a good Fantastic Four book, Joe, and I'll say it was for whatever reason you want it right that they were gone you bring them back and and i'm having a blast with them and i'll go you know the reason why the ff wasn't around if you want me to say that it was because the government banned them I 100% was <laughs> saying that i don't care just give me my good ff book and as you would say like all these people who said they were ff fans for a book that wasn't signed i am an ff fan joe I I was I was an FF fan before it was cool, Joe. Before oh, Todd! Cool. Don't me don't make me say it. Don't say what?
1: You, what are you the an FF you hipster?
0: Oh, I am a fantastic
1: hipster. <laughs> There's not another F word that you would say with hipster there?
0: <laughs> no. Oh, we can't say that. All right.
1: Friendly hipster.
0: Yes, I'm a friendly hipster. Right. I'm a fabul. I'm Mister Fabulous. Did you see that tweet by Kurt Busiek this week that I retweeted? No. That uh, Stan wanted to call the <laughs> Fabulous Four. Oh man! And it was gonna be, and he was gonna be Mister Fabulous if he was, you know, the. But whoever the editor was did not hated that name. So a lot of times on the splash pages, that if you you said a lot, they, the book would be called like. And then this issue, the Fabulous Fantastic Four. And Fabulous is the Fantastic Four. And um, and somebody had said that in a discussion with Kurt Busiek as he was discussing it, um, they said, well, they might have had a small problem in the 60s going, hey, here's our Marvel version of a Fab Four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good one. So-
0: so I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting story if true." And it was funny because it came out on April Fools' Day and everybody's like, "No." And and Kirk, bad timing, but
1: it's a true story from every everybody I talk to. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a great story. But I'm glad the Fantastic Four is coming back. Immediately on the poll list, no questions asked. So again, that's a lot of news that we had to talk about. Again, all excitement about the Fantastic Four. Let's get into some conventions that are happening this weekend. Uh we have More conventions than I expected, especially... I figured... I just assumed everybody would be in Louisiana for WrestleMania this weekend. Ugh. Um, There is the Saratoga Comic-Con, where the uh, only notable name that I saw pop up there uh, was Tito Santana. Again, definitely would have expected him to be uh, at WrestleMania.
0: I I would like to meet Mrs. Toga and her con... (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. Sarah seems nice.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Should get a tattooed on your neck. <laughs> the uh, Empire State Comic Con in Albany, New York, that Robert England is going to be at. Woohoo. Uh, oh, Silicon he's... Valley coming on out of the West Coast. Uh, Stan Lee is going to be there. I
0: highly doubt that.
1: Okay, okay. He's
0: going to cancel. I bet he cancels.
1: We, well, anytime I see him come up, I always mention it, of course. Uh, Kristen Ritter of uh, uh, Jessica Jones fame is going to be there. I know her. Uh, Christina Ricci is going to be there.
0: Ooh, Wednesday. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's going to be there on Saturday and Sunday, I heard.
1: (laughs) Right, with her Grandma Monday. (laughs) Uh, But the biggies is uh, Jerry Mathers and Tony Dow are going to be there.
0: Jerry Mathers as the beef?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I was almost going to do the Leave it to Beaver theme, but it was actually, as I was thinking it in my head, the notes formulated, and it was going to be the Andy Griffin theme, so I didn't do it.
0: Oh, Uh, that would have been even funnier.
1: Right. Uh, But that is a rare first-time appearance of uh, either one of them at a convention, so I'd go check that out if you are on the West Coast. I think
0: they've been to a few conventions before this.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Garden State. Oops, sorry.
0: Definitely some supermarket openings, I bet.
1: That was way back then, during the height of their, <laughs> their the height of their powers. Yep. Um, the Garden State Comic Fest in New Jersey that Eric Roberts is going to be at, and then I see here for some reason uh, from Smallville, Allison Mack was going to be there, and I loved Chloe on the show, and she's canceled. I have no idea why.
0: Oh boy,
1: you don't know why they No. no.
0: Um, she's involved with a cult, and um, <laughs> wait a minute. some yes, and branding. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, uh, but, a, a servitude of a intimate nature.
1: <laughs> now, Todd, about any of this is this yes? like, when you say she's part of a cult, is she like, did like she get sucked into a cult or something? Yes. She, I think she's whoever
0: she's dating or married to. Um, he has it and he, she was recruiting, I guess they were branding. They were literally branding people with their, with their, like, I don't know if they're like their crossover initials somehow. So their mark, it's crazy. And he went to jail in the, like, I forget where they are, if they're in the Caribbean or whatever. And they say like, she's going down next. So I don't think she's coming to the States anytime soon. Hopefully there's no extradition wherever she's at.
1: So, uh, allegedly, I, allegedly, so I just, Todd, I, I should have did this sooner. I threw her name into, uh, uh, duck, duck, go here. Duck, duck, go. And it comes up saying that she was second, second in command in a sex slave cult. I
0: uh, said of an that intimate nature. Then she was nature. marrying
1: other actresses to defraud immigration.
0: Oh boy.
1: Todd, it seems as though she's been busy.
0: She has, and she's been trying to figure out who Superman is too. While this is going on, oh
1: my goodness! Well, I don't want to—I don't want to name the uh, name the cult, but they—they they apparently were based out of Albany. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do have some friends upstate New York, or might be visiting the upstate area in the near future. I might have them investigate. Oh boy! Or it might be, it it might Pete, be my way to get rid of them. Get Pete Ross on the case. Is Pete okay, the actor who played Pete Ross?
0: I think he's doing well. He was in a movie like two years ago or something.
1: Hmm. Let me go check his social media here.
0: And he was, on, he was in an episode of The Defenders in 2010, not the current
1: one. Oh. Which has nothing to do with the coming. Huh. He hasn't tweeted since September. And hmm. his Instagram is deleted.
0: Mm. I'm sure he's fine, Todd. That's fine. It's fine. At least, uh, what's his face? The one who played Clark Kent is on, is on, uh, Lucifer right now. So he's doing good. He broke that Superman curse.
1: Right. Not unlike the curse of the Joker. Oh. <laughs> A very similar it, co <laughs> curse. It is.
0: It, it kill listen, the, 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 the curse killed C. Romero, Heath Ledger, it, and someday will kill Jack Nicholson and Mark Hamill. That's You can't doubt that. You can't argue with that kind of logic.
1: Uh, I wonder if any of their deaths, either untimely or due to old age, involved any sort of orange slices of any kind. Mm, I have no idea. All right. But the big convention, of course, this weekend is C2E2 in Chicago, Um, but that's your big comic book one. All the big name folks are there. Everyone from Jim Lee to Mark Millar. Now I don't, is Jim Lee doing sketches of this one? Like he is at that, uh, convention in Italy in two weeks.
0: I have, I highly doubt that he will. Mm -hmm. Um, because this is such a big, like a big con that they're, that they're going to push for, for, uh, just like this is a wristband for signatures and there's just going to be such like people. Pressing pressing the flesh there that I have no idea how he get it done unless he does pre, like pre like show commissions like he he's doing for the Italian one but I highly doubt it
1: right uh, Dave Batista is going to be there again surprised he's not going to be at WrestleMania this weekend and I was looking at the C two E two site Todd and there's a mistake on the site there is there's an error yes there's a guy there that they say is going to be there and they claim that he's from the World Wrestling Entertainment. Right. But the picture that they have him on the site, he's smiling. Right. And I know that this guy is not a happy even though he is a Chicago native.
0: Um, oh, is this a uh, very salty uh, Talking Dead commentator?
1: Uh, yes. I just think it's funny that they have him still listed as, like, his number one credit underneath him is uh, World Wrestling Entertainment.
0: Well, isn't it the thing he's best known for after Talking Dead?
1: Well, I would say it's, it's and it says best known for World Wrestling Entertainment.
0: It doesn't have for uh, for the streak in UFC.
1: <laughs> That's what I would have put. Again, more <laughs> back by the picture of him smiling. That's distressing. Mm. But uh, he'll be there Friday and Saturday. If you're going to C2E2, go give him a big hug.
0: Joe, this is the con. C2E2. <laughs> show them how to do a <laughs> for
1: all right that's the only reference to all that i'm gonna make
0: all right here though honestly uh, non-talking dead commentator stuff this is the only show i've of the big shows that i've never done and i think this is the show me and you should do sometime. you go to chicago get a deep dish pizza and do the c2e2 i agree Next year.
1: Next year in Chicago. C2 E2 just I've I've gotten the invite to go with people, but again, it's tough for me to get it's tough for me to leave the house during week. It's tough for me to leave the state uh unapproved when it's not like wrestling related, you know?
0: Right. Well this will be red. Come on, there's not they're gonna have some kind of wrestling there.
1: No, because wrestling this weekend is in uh it's WrestleMania. It's in Louisiana.
0: I met next year, probably. But no, serious. I think a uh, uh, certain artist we know is going to be doing the show maybe next year, mm. and, we, and we should we should pull out all the all the stops and go.
1: All right, that that's like from now. We'll talk about that then.
0: Yeah, but when we get to next year, you'll be like, oh, it's too late. I got to ask the wife. I got things to do. That's my Joe's supposed to impersonation when he doesn't want to do something. It's Jay Moore quality. But oh anyway. my
1: goodness! Anyway, uh, <laughs> all these conventions. The links to all these will be in the show notes uh, with accompanying this episode. Just like the link to soon to be networkcom or soon-to-be-name-network.tumblr.com, where anytime any of the shows in the soon-to-be-name-network are published, they're automatically put up on that site, uh, Tumblr, Twitter. Everything is getting connected. Uh, while we were getting ready to record today, I was moving the wheels in motion to get everything more connected, make certain <laughs> shows' posts look better when they go up on the site. Uh, whether it be this show, uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh Podvocacy, Everlasting Minute, Puzzle Warriors 3, Fresher and Parlance, uh, Profane Argument, I saw allegedly they recorded Prodigal Son's podcast last night, whether or not it actually gets published within the next eight days... I'm enjoying my sobriety. <laughs> we'll see. But if it comes up, it'll be at soon-to-be-named-network.com or soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Right. So getting into digital sales and freebies, Todd, there is a ton of sales uh, going on right now. Of course, I do want to start with two mentions. One, that ongoing Marvel uh, collections thing, limited time only, where all the collections are 99 cents. Um, those Thor trades from the Simonson era. Um, now, ooh, actually, you know what? As I'm looking at it here, the sale is still going on, but they've changed what trades are in there. Instead of having literally hundreds of trades, Mm -hmm. they have, like, a rotating cast of trades. Um, so, like, the first two trades of the current X-Men gold is in there. Uh, New Mutants, Demon Bear... Uh, Peter David, Hulk Visionaries is in there. So definitely check that out to see what is going into that 99-cent collection thing. Because it looks like they're cycling new stuff in and old stuff out. Mm-hmm. Another one, over the weekend, Marvel had a sale that they were calling an April Fool's Day sale. Uh, which was a variety of things from... Franklin Richards stuff, to Great Lakes Avengers, to Howard the Duck, both old and new. Now, it claimed that the sale was going to end on the 1st of April. However, that was a joke, though. That apparently is a joke, because the sale is still going on on the trades. The single issues have gone back to their original price, but the trades are still on sale as of recording. So, you know, be sure to check those out. Again, the old Howard the Duck stuff is... uh Definitely some interesting comic books, uh, to say the (laughs) least. Yep. Um, But again, some of the other sales, um, you know, stuff been going on for a while. IDW is having a sale on fantasy stuff. Dynamite having a sale on recent number ones. Boom. Having a sale on recent number ones. IDW also having another uh, sale on Judge Dredd stuff. Dynamite also has a sale on collections. Marvel having two other sales going on. One, Captain America stuff. Two, Legion-related stuff with the Legion TV show returning this week. And DC's big sale this week is Joker and all things Joker therein. Interesting. Uh, Included in that, um, if somehow you had missed it, uh, underrated, uh, Death in the Family is in that sale. The... Uh Batman Adventures Mad Love Harley Quinn deal. Ooh, that's good. Mhm. I know last time that it came up on the sales I mentioned it, I would be remiss to mention it again here. The Superman Emperor Joker storyline is available in this sa- trade uh in this sale. Uh as is the uh second collection of Gotham Central that has the uh Joker story. Hmm. And that's a, that's a good one. That's a biggie because that is a ton of issues for like six bucks. Uh, it's a bit, it's a bigger collection. So, uh, and then again, assorted things here and there. Oh, and of course, uh, the Joker's Asylum Misses is on sale. Oh, all
0: those one shots.
1: All those one shots. So I recommend in, from a previous Todd and Joe have issues. The Joker Asylum Penguin, the only published DCU work of Jason Aaron.
0: That's right, because he did some vertigo stuff, but not mainstream DCU.
1: And this is the only one that he did. And uh and Todd, I have to mention it, after a several month long drought, Marvel has reinstated the rotating list of free comics. Oh, really? Woohoo, yes. Uh, so the books that we have are too old, too new. The old is the first issue of the Annihilation Super Scroll miniseries, uh, which is one of the books that kind of kicked off, I guess, what you would say what we know as the cosmic Marvel Universe and essentially the Guardians of the Galaxy movie.
0: Yes, I wouldn't say it kicked off the cosmic universe but the modern cosmic. the modern
1: cosmic universe yes yes
0: i'm not trying to nitpick but no listen
1: i you knew what i meant you cleaned up my words gotcha words nope stop it Uh, okay also is the first issue of exiles the jud winnick penned uh book and uh i thought to myself of course this book is on the list because the new exiles book is coming out this week but also i remember there was a time Where I had a vendetta against Judd Winnick.
0: I do remember that.
1: Right. And (laughs) Judd Winnick is the victim of two things. One, I don't think he's done anything in comics in quite some time. And two, so many other people have gotten on my list. By doing nothing, he's fallen off
0: the list. That's by by just like, you know, not getting your notice. He kind of wins.
1: Right. And there's a and there's a was, much uh, less cleaned-up version of that that you could find out there, possibly in a book that's going to be kick through IDW, GDMF.
0: Oh, boy. The other two um, books
1: – oh, sorry. I was going to say, was what –
0: was Generation
1: Lost what brought you back around on him? Um, It made me hate him less.
0: Okay, I was trying to remember where it was, like, that – because I remember you reading that and and enjoying it, actually. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's either here or there.
1: Uh the other two is the first issue of the current Ghost Rider book, as Todd calls it, Ghost Driver.
0: He's in a car. Right. He's not on a motorcycle. You don't drive a you don't drive you ride a motorcycle, you drive a car.
1: Well he's a passenger, so he's along for the ride.
0: Well then it's ghost chauffeur. (laughs) I would
1: read that book. (laughs) I would read Ghost Chauffeur. Right. And the first issue of the current ongoing Ben Reilly Scarlet Spider book by Peter David. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a relatively new book, like, published, I would say, maybe within the last less than a year, maybe?
0: Probably, because that was right after that whole uh, ca- uh, spider- Clone, clone conspiracy thing. nonsense. Yes. Yeah, it was right after that.
1: Right. So yeah, less than a year. It was actually published, uh, last week of April, 2017. So that's a good wow. turnaround, uh, to get you a free book in your hands. Yes, it is. And like the previously mentioned convention stuff, previously mentioned sales, all these freebies will be included in the show notes. Todd, let's get into what we read from this, this past week, wherever you want to begin, cause I think we read everything together, right?
0: We did. I want to start with the book I was looking forward to most, which was Jessica Jones 18 by Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gatos, which was, uh, his, uh, Brian Michael Bendis' goodbye to Jessica Jones, the character he created and is discussed many, many times on this show. Pretty much the only person who's written them with um, uh, her mostly, maybe some guest appearances uh, somebody else has done, but this is after the uh, the last Purple Man saga that you know he came back to to haunt Jessica Jones. Uh, he She's taking care of that and she's working on a case. Someone comes in, uh, a very beautiful woman, looking for help finding the armadillo. Uh, super villain of all people and Jessica Jones is trying to figure out why she says because they had a relationship and she he seemed to be getting better for some reason he's gotten back to his old ways and if Jessica Jones could track him down and maybe you know talk to him and see what was wrong and, and get him back to her and Jessica takes the case and she goes and sees all these characters who funny enough are characters that were in uh, other books like um, uh, what's Morales' his name? Uh, the Spider-Man from the Ultimate what's Miles first name? Morales. Miles Morales. I want to say Rags Morales, which was the artist, uh, but not of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. But he she goes to see him. She goes to see Thing, who was in his his uh, Ultimate uh, or inferior, uh, superior, infamous Iron Man, and all these other books because they've had run-ins with the armadillo, which makes me want to go back and read these Brian Michael Bendis books to see if the armadillo was actually in all of these, and he set these up, or these were all off-panel uh interactions. And she ends up, you know... Following these leads, doing actual detective work, which I love about Jessica Jones, uh, Brian Michael Bendis books, and she ends up finding him and having a discussion with him. Does the armadillo go back? Does he go to the to the woman that he kind of cares about? Does he go and commit more crime? You have to read the book and see. But this is the per. Perfect send off for Brian Michael Bendis when it comes to Jessica Jones. It reminds me of the old alias books more than the new stuff he's been doing. Um, even there's tons of word balloons. So all you naysayers with that stuff, get ready for it. But the Gatos art is reminds me of the original alias stuff where it's just the the vertical uh, panels all down the page and almost static stuff. Um, but it just reminds me everything that I loved about that original alias book is in this issue. And goodbye to Brian Michael Bendis on this book. Uh, I will actually miss you writing this character.
1: Uh, you more or less took the words right out of my mouth. Everything that you said, I echo those same sentiments. Um, great wrap-up, great finale. T- taking it back to the old original Max title alias feel of the book. Um, I'm going to miss this book. And reading this issue made me wish that while the big overarching storylines are the stories that Bendis wanted to tell, it shows how good he is at doing that single-issue story. Mm-hmm. And that's what this was. This was a perfect storyline. It was a D-list villain. It had cameos from a ton of other people. It was Jessica Jones, who's, albeit a salty and surly character in her own right, interacting with as many different facets of the Marvel Universe as she can. It was awesome. It was a great read. Um, You know, we always mention it every time these books come up for sale. They do a max sale. They do a whatever sale. Um, But now, these Jessica Jones books, obviously, they're under the Marvel banner. They're not going to move over to the DC side. It'll be interesting to see what Marvel does with these books going forward. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And they do have a uh, teaser at the end of it. Jessica Jones will return in fall two thousand eighteen. So we'll see.
1: Now, I was trying to place who that artist was. Is that Gatos? Because it doesn't. It looks a little bit too, I guess, smooth to be slick.
0: Too slick is the word you're looking for. Yeah. I I don't know who that is. I do and I don't. It's one of those.
1: Right. I recognize the art but I can't put my finger on it.
0: Mm-hmm. It uh, so, looks like, oh, do you remember the person who was doing, like, the Mad Rock stuff with Peter David? Okay. And, and the Fantastic Four, and I can't think of their name, and that's who it looks like to me. Um, I'll have to look that up while while you're doing your book.
1: <laughs> right, so I'll start my book. Um, But yeah, if you're listening to this and we don't figure it out by the time we're done recording this and you're listening to this, uh, tweet at us. Let us know if you know who that artist is or if they announced who it is and we just missed it because we're distracted by stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 50 uh, written by Brian K. Vaughan with art by Fiona Staples uh, not a big number 50 celebration because we're what three issues into the current story arc right um, you know and obviously their whole big thing is you know with breaks and everything it's been the same creative team for 50 issues which in itself is an accomplishment kudos to you uh, the book starts out as it always does with Uh, A great first page reveal (laughs) that goes over into the next two or three pages as well, kind of to solidify the uh, relationship between Marco and Alana. Uh, But of course, a lot of this is what the characters are doing to separate from each other and the decisions that they're making to separate from each other while the new bounty hunter is closing in on their trail. Right. Uh, there's not much more I can say about this other than it being in the middle of a uh, story arc saga is always great in my opinion Uh, I always look forward to it it's always my favorite book to read each and every month that it comes out and there's going to be a book that uh, one I think people will look back on as a comic book and two I will be very sad when this ends
0: I know people who think it's only okay Joe
1: that might have been a veiled shot at them, even though they don't listen to this podcast. You're right. <laughs> if you listen to uh, After Dark this week, there might be some clues to who that might be. Right. Uh, but that's all I got on Saga. I'll start on our uh, final book, which is Doomsday Clock Number 4, written by Jeff Johns with art by uh, Gary Frank. Uh, this is the reveal and the... I guess, origin story of New Rorschach. Right. Uh, and that's really all there is to it. I don't think there's any real surprises um, right. per se, other than if you're familiar with the Watchmen story, when Ozymandias released the thing, the alien, the thing that all he had all the scientists working on, The squid. The the squid whatever it was, in the middle of Times Square that killed a whole bunch of people, that got all the world leaders to come together to fight that and essentially created world peace. Obviously, Doomsday Clock exists because something happened. That everything didn't end up being perfect. And part of that is there were people that were in proximity to the squid monster that were not killed, but obviously they became crazy, they became unhinged, they ended up having all sorts of problems. Um... I'm not going to spoil it of who it is, uh, who the new Rorschach is, but most of the speculation that we've talked about on the show here is and has been true. Mm -hmm. So I don't think um, this issue had that same emotional punch regarding all of that because it was more or less just confirmation of stuff that we already knew. Right, but I did like the stuff that they added in there about the people who were within proximity that didn't die from the squid monster went crazy. Yep, which makes sense.
0: I I agree, and because the psychic lash that it ha, backlash that it had, it seemed to. And this is them, you know, because Rorschach's in Arkham Asylum at as of the end of last issue, and it's a. Patris trying to you know analyze them, which is very interesting that it takes play, You know, it's kind of like the the uh, when they were analyzing the original Rorschach and the original Doomsday, which I think might have actually been around issue four. I'm wondering if that's I'd have to look that up. It's like you know it rhymes, so it's like poetry. Um, so but I really enjoyed this, Uh especially for one of when we go back to the the original uh Watchman world and the flashbacks and the Worshkin eating a past uh minuteman character was my favorite part uh the uh the the I think it was, well, not Mothman. I'm trying to think of what the, the character was who could fly, went crazy, and just how his story plays out and what he's been doing and how his story wraps up. This is my favorite issue of Doomsday Clock so far, and I think this is the issue that felt most like a Watchmen issue and where I was enjoying the first three issues of Doomsday Clock, I, and I was like, I can keep going. This is the issue that hooked me. And I loved it. This was when I was done, I kind of was like, yeah, like this is, this is really good. And I think this is going to read a lot better as a 12 issue, you know, story. And just hope that it doesn't go off the rails and Jeff Johns can stick the landing. But personally, I think this is the best thing Jeff Johns has written in quite a while.
1: This issue, anyway. Hmm. Hmm. We're going to argue. No. Um, I, I get what you're saying. That it, mm-hmm. it was the issue that felt the most wa- like Watchmen. And I I agree. But I think... And, and it, when everything is said and done, we'll see how it all plays out. Because I don't feel as the previous three issues felt like Watchmen. Even though this is supposed to be essentially Watchmen. Right. And now, in this book, that you have these Watchmen allegories too... And the first three issues don't feel like Watchmen, and now you have an issue that feels like Watchmen. I'm concerned on where the tone is going.
0: See, I agree what you're saying, but these did the first couple issues of Watchmen feel like something?
1: Don't trying to say it's like the first few issues of Watchmen felt like something new, right? And the entirety of Watchmen felt like something new. Where I'm just concerned because they're trying to have. They're trying to have one foot in the original Watchmen story. They're also having another foot in DC Universe continuity, and then they somehow have yet another third foot in whatever this new Watchmen continuity is with these new characters on the Watchmen side that they've added. Um, I'm just concerned where the tone is going. It's not that I'm not enjoying the book. It's not that I'm not going to stick with it, of course, and it's not that I'm uh, not enjoying it because I am. I'm just a little concerned to see what the final tone of this book is going to be when it's all said and done.
0: I think you have the tone of the book. Now you said there's the three worlds. Just get used to it. You know what I mean?
1: Right. And we'll see, you know, maybe at the end of the day, everything will read seamlessly. Right. And I think the, the old, the, the,
0: the, uh, the world of, uh, Watchmen, after the original Alan Moore Watchman book, I think that's pretty much been told now. I don't know how much more we're going to get of that because it seems like we have the whole story of what went wrong with Oz Dennis to be on the run. We might get a little bit of history. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm, I'm, I think I'm overthinking this.
1: I'm definitely overthinking it, but I'm, What's I'm, that- I overthink everything. You do, Joe. You do. That's my gimmick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that covers what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put out the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, we get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. The two things that Todd and I are doing in the calendar year 2018, one is what we always do, which is attempt to guess we're most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh Todd is still behind by two, uh, but that is a very easy margin for him to close. Um the other one is keeping a running tally of the dollar amount of how much that we've spent. And uh Todd, how, how much is that? Um twenty four
0: ninety nine? Hmm. Why, did I do the math wrong math right? No, I
1: don't know. It just seems like it's very pricey because you're very much pulling ahead on this dollar spent thing. Right, because I do
0: specials and stuff.
1: Right, right. Um, so, uh, you know, so Todd, you're looking at the list. You started the show. Uh, you go first.
0: Is the issue you're looking, the book you're looking forward to most, Batman 44?
1: It is Batman 44, just like I think that's the book you're most looking forward to out this week. So much so that you're buying two of them.
0: It is not the book I'm what? looking forward to most. The book I'm oh, actually Todd. looking forward to. What? You don't believe me?
1: I believe you, but, oh.
0: It is Deathstroke 30.
1: Oh, okay. It's the Batman crossover thingy?
0: Yes, this is the beginning of the story where apparently this is all I know from the blurb, and the blurb uh, caught me, is that Batman gets some information. I'm not sure if he gets a package or whatever, but he gets some proof, maybe? Damien isn't his child Uh and might be Deathstroke's, and hilarity's going to ensue. And I do believe the whole premise of this has me really intrigued. As much as I love Batman, this, I I enjoyed Deathstroke by Christopher Priest early on. And I loved it right up until they decided to give uh, Deathstroke a group of heroes and create a super team in the book. And they were all wearing the same color suits and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm out. Deathstroke doesn't do teams, like lead superheroes and stuff like that. So now that we're back to this and it's Deathstroke doing this, I'm like... I want to read this book.
1: So, all right, I, I I've been very intrigued by the art and the like the trade dress that's been out there for the adsense uh, for this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Um, so yeah, uh, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out everything that Todd and I have ever done on the internet, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, uh, Todd and Joe have issues, past poll posts, everything exists over there. Uh, also, if you click our little store button there, you could purchase stickers, you could purchase shirts, and you could also pre-order... Uh, the enamel pins of our fancy logo they are going to be here any day. And for a limited time, uh, I don't know how long until after we get the pins in, uh we'll also be doing a deal where you could buy the pin and the shirt and save like three bucks and a couple bucks on shipping. It's all over there at the site.
0: Yep, and if you ever see us at a show or something, come up to our merch and talk to us, and buy something.
1: I already made my joke about that once, and I'm done. Okay. All right. <laughs> Off mic is another story. All right. Uh, but if you don't want a shirt, you don't want a sticker, you don't want a pin, uh, you need something, anything else, pretty much. You click you Our Amazon link across the top of the page uh, doesn't cost you anything extra. We get a little bit of a kickback from Amazon. Advertising fee is what they call it. I call it something that makes Todd happy at the end of every month when I get to ka-ching him or cha-ching him with yes. a cut of those uh, advertising uh, sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week is someone went Game of Thrones Funko Pop Crazy. I don't watch no Game of, Th- Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say a bunch of things, and you're going to have to explain them to me. All right. Uh, there's one that says Davos Seaworth.
0: He That is a character, Davos, who is okay. the Onion uh, Onion Knight.
1: All right. Daenerys White Coat?
0: Daenerys is a character. I think the white coat is the the outfit that she's wearing. She's the she's the Queen of Dragons, Khaleesi. She wears a beautiful uh for the show like platinum wig, Joe that you would really appreciate. Oh, and
1: she's Khaleesi. I think I've heard that name before. Yep. Uh and then the other one uh is Daenerys Denarius. Dragonstone Thorn Throne
0: Throne there's a place where uh, a castle that has a certain type of throne that she's that she's uh taken over so that's the throne that she's sitting on right now but she wants the iron throne Joe that's the king of the thrones
1: is that the one that's like made of swords or whatever Yes All right
0: which um, I think they're made of valyrian steel and that's how they're going to fight the white walkers but that's between me and you
1: Yeah that's I don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. Is Jon Snow okay? Is he alright?
0: Yeah, he's doing good. He came back, he's got a few scars, but he's having uh he's having uh intimate stuff with his cousin, so he's good.
1: Right. Uh some he's of the other of rumors- a- Oh, sorry.
0: I was gonna say he's part of that uh Allison uh cult. I oh, think.
1: okay. She's in upstate New York.
0: Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly.
1: Oh, terrible jokes. But go ahead. So, uh, someone also purchased a Stofen Omni Bounce Flash Diffuser.
0: Oh, for diffusing flashers?
1: I guess. I don't know. Damien Dark needs one of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, huh. lastly, as I always like to read the name of something like this, uh, someone purchased a Foree Cute Frog Potty Training Urinal for Boys with Funny Aiming Target.
0: And it's working fine for me.
1: Now, Todd, in the description, it tells you what color this item is. What color would you guess this this item is? For a bullseye red, right? Well, again, it's a cute frog potty. Oh, green, green. It's a blackish green, Todd. Oh. I don't know if that's possible. I, I don't know. But anyway, thank you everyone who purchased something through the Amazon click-through. Um when you listen to this episode in three to four months, you'll thank me for thanking you. Mm. Uh, so Todd, did we have any art attack this week?
0: Yes. Uh, Wednesday comics sent in a sketch cover of secret six by, uh, Tim Shin with a rabbit version for Easter of the secret six. It has Yusagi Yojimbo, uh, Bucky O'Hare, uh, Roger Rabbit, Bugs Bunny, Captain Carrot, and Jessica Rabbit. I was, I was upset it did not have Hoppy the Marvel Bunny, but then that would have been the C7 and we would have had problems. Um but if that was really cool. And also mega contributor, uh, Euronymous just earlier today, Uh, tweeted me a bit of a cheat, even in his mind, but I'll give him credit for admitting that he's cheating. It's not technically original art, but it was a one-page exclusive at C2E2 for attending Bill Willingham's panel. So I guess it's a fables thing. Um, I don't know if they were mass produced or what, but, uh, it is pretty cool and it reminds me of the, uh, Death Talks About thing. Do you remember that back in the day? Yes, I do. Uh, so it's really cool, uh, Bill Willingham piece, I think, and I thank you both for contributing.
1: Absolutely. And if you have some cool art that you did yourself or had commissioned or bought a page or bought a cover, whatever it is that you did, uh, tweet at us with the, uh, handle in there, Todd's Art Attack, and we'll be sure to tweet that information out and share it with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Todd, let's get into tea talk.
0: Sure, let's get into TV talk. Where do you want to start?
1: All right, Krypton? let's start with Krypton. Uh, so this is the second episode of Krypton.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where we get a... We we got our introduction to everyone last week. And now we see Seg making his decision of whether or not he is going to believe Adam Strange regarding his stories or if he's just gonna kind of well no he makes the plan that he's gonna avenge his parents uh-huh. that he's gonna kill off that guy
0: the Vex the head, the head of the Vex right
1: Daron family. or whatever his name is
0: uh-huh. gotta yeah. learn the names me I have no oh, idea
1: I tell ya I know listen the fact that I know Seg is enough and then Seg L right I'm calling him Seg he lost his house his house thing
0: no oh, he lost his sigil right his, his Seg sigil
1: so, um, then there's a side story regarding Lita, Lita, I'm not sure how they pronounce in the show, uh, from the House of Zod, how essentially she steps up, that she is going to kind of take over the military. And it's going right. to be a fight to the death, of course, and of the other story is Adam Strange trying to get clothes that is befitting of Krypton. I
0: think, and also there's a subplot with Vex's daughter trying to, you know, comfort Seg and bring him into the fold. But when she might be the master master manipulator behind the whole Vex household, as far as I'm concerned, Mm -hmm. the show, but the whole thing with the Zod uh Lita taking over trying to take over the military to help the uh the the classless the one that don't have a, a name or a house because they're they're going to go in and search them for the terrorists the religious terrorists that she's like we're going to go in there and we're going to you know like a hammer and we're going to make more of them so I'm going to take over and and do the military and she challenges the the head of her group so she's like if she beats him in a duel to the death uh, she gets to take over, so she ends up beating him and he asks for mercy, which we find out in the first episode, you're, you know, it's, you don't ask for mercy, that, that group, the, the fighters, the, the military. So she snaps his neck. And, Joe, my, my motto is, it's a Superman anything until somebody's neck gets snapped. So here we are, and uh, so I give Krypton big kudos for snapping someone's neck.
1: Right, so that stuff is a little uneven. So, mm-hmm. I was shocked to hear someone swear on this. What? It's sci-fi. They have... I guess, but it's still shocking that they're swearing in a Superman show, you know? Which
0: swear did they use? I forget.
1: Uh, we don't say swears in the show. This is the clean show, but it was the S word.
0: Oh, like poopy? Yes. Okay. I just needed to know because I don't remember it. I honestly don't remember it. I guess I'm so, like, uh, numb to that kind of stuff now.
1: And then the other thing. Are you okay, Joe? <laughs> no. Uh, the other thing was I meant to mention this last week, and I'll mention it again. Of course, we're all familiar with the, uh, the House of L symbol, the Superman logo, right? Right. Um, I don't like that all the other symbols are so shoddy looking in comparison to how awesome the Superman logo looks.
0: They're so, like, unintricate, is what you mean? Yes.
1: It's like the one is just like, oh, here's, like, a kind of sideways X, and, like, here's another one that, like, I really can't make out what it is, but it's definitely something inside the S shield, but there's no S. It's just like a squiggle or something. It looks
0: like a set of steps.
1: (laughs) Right. So I don't know if that's just what the design they've decided to do or whatever it is, but I just don't like them. I don't like the design on the non-Superman logos. Right. Um, But I'm enjoying the show. I'm enjoying the performances. And uh, I'm with it so far. I'm I'm intrigued to see all the uh, double crossing that's going on or how that's going to go. And uh, Adam Strange, too. He got a lot more to do in this episode, and I thought he was good.
0: I like Seg's buddy who runs the bar. I think he can be fun.
1: Not Um, Tom Hiddleston?
0: Not Tom Hiddleston. And um, I want to see what. And I'm glad that... uh, that he Sega's got his grandpappy back in the form of a hologram. So we're good with that. Now his, his suit looks like something straight out of the silver age comic. Cause he has like the blue jumpsuit with the lead on it. And I'm like, man, that looks like a silver age, like Krypton outfit. I'm down with it. And I do like the big, uh, the big statue in the fortress of solitude on Krypton that has the statue holding up the, uh, the, the planet which we've seen like a billion superman comics um so I like all the little nods to certain stuff that that i that I know as a, a comic book fan
1: yeah again krypton not a terrible show uh, I'm still also very impressed by the special effects on this
0: I like it I'm not blown away by it but if you are still gonna watch it I'm in to uh to, to review it so
1: I'm hanging in there so far they haven't done anything to offend me or make me upset so
0: Right. And since, you know, we're running out of Legends episodes, and so they will have a f- free slot in the hopper.
1: Well, hang on. We did double check, but let me just check again. They didn't put another season of Outcast out, did they?
0: No, but did you know there was a second one?
1: Oh, my God. I just found out the other day when I was watching Observe of Oz for the first time. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you know what? I just checked my Kryptonian arm clock, Joe. Oh, Todd, what I- time is it? It says my Kryptonian arm clock says it's a wig o'clock,
1: Joe. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so we lamented like that sometimes they have good episode titles and sometimes they don't. And I mm-hmm. thought that the episode title of guest starring John Noble was going to just be a placeholder. No, Todd, mm-hmm. that's the actual title of this week's episode of Legends of Tomorrow.
0: But it works so well after you see the episode.
1: Well, what it comes down to is, and not to tip our hand too soon... um, So Damien Dark finally decides to do his full baby face turn. No swerve. Wink, wink. (laughs) He is, because he gets to see off camera, uh, you know, we just see the shadow, uh, of the test transformation of his daughter into full, um, mode mollusk mode. He's disgusted by this. Now he finally realizes like, oh no, I've made a mistake. I'm going to lose my daughter. Even though this has kind of been a plot thread for the last couple episodes. So he kind of throws himself under the mercy of the legends. He takes the death totem It claims that much like Sarah, he has the connection to it since they've both died and come back. Um but how are they gonna do this? They get they overhear uh Heatwave watching the Lord of the Rings movies, mm. and they hear a guy that kinda sort of sounds like Mollusk. So using time travel, they go to the set of the Lord of the Rings movie where John Noble is, he is our wig person for this episode.
0: But that's, that is a quality wig of uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. That's how good it is.
1: There is something about the lighting, the way things are shot on Legends of Tomorrow that just make these wigs look terrible. They can make even my wig look terrible. Oop, did I say that oh. aloud? And, and
0: first we'd like to correct you. Like, like a guitar, you don't hold it by the hilt. Mollus is his name, not Mollusk. Oh. There's no K on the end. Oh, okay. All right. And that was actually when we get to it is what one of the characters, I believe his name was Barry in the episode was mm. calling him Mollusk. And they were like, no, it's Mollusk.
1: Right. Go so ahead. the, there's a thread in this that gets picked up from a couple episodes ago because so like, there's our A story is, well, I don't know, thing kind of gets like, there's no real A or B story, it's all these things are going on at the same time and they all kind of converge at the end.
0: Right, it's all coming together at this point, like a plan for Hannibal.
1: Right. Uh, so, Grod is on the loose still from several <laughs> episodes ago and, uh, Grodd, we find out, has been sent loose by Damien Dark to kill a young Barack Obama while he's still in college. <laughs> yep. Oh. And Todd, by, I did not see that coming. By far,
0: this next to like the uh, noble stuff just cracked me up. First of all, <coughs> Grodd shows up and he attacks uh, Barack Obama, who's using Barry at this time. Now there are a bunch of, of great jokes and in jokes and stuff going on here. One. When uh, when uh, Grodd says that he's going to make uh, he's going to make America Grodd again, I lost it. I'm like, that's fantastic. Then the Legends show up and beat him up, beat up Grodd, and he lets go of Barack Obama. And and Ray says, "Run, Barry, run!" I cracked up. I'm like, this is they are at flip mode with certain things and I'm trying to remember if there was something else with There was it that the I was one like...
1: where uh Sarah is kind of smitten with Barry because obviously one would assume she's a lefty mm-hmm. and she was like enamored to meet the president or the future president was and she mm-hmm. calls him Barack and yeah. he says he's like, Oh, I go by Barry He goes, Oh, you should really think about uh go Barack more often he says that's what's on my birth certificate and she says, "Yeah, you might want to keep a hold of that." <laughs> yeah. Oh, Todd, this show. I was like, I this was This show getting... is the living end. Now I can't wait until the
0: fact that they in a, in a next season when they go back and they save Donald Trump that they show him the utmost they showed uh, Barack Obama. It's going to be
1: fantastic. Oh boy. <laughs> I, well, uh, let's let's what? not let's not even open that kettle of fish. I don't need any fish. Let's move on. So one of the other stories is uh Zari decides uh or no Amaya decides, she's like I'm going back to nineteen ninety-two when my tribe is gonna get wiped out by Mollus and I'm gonna make sure that my granddaughter gets the totem because she turned it down and that's why the village got taken over And everyone dies. So, uh, Ray goes back, or not Ray, uh, Nate goes back to stop her. We see, uh, the actress who plays Amaya. Like, we had the wig in one scene, so in this scene she gets put in old person makeup. Mm -hmm. To play her older self. Everything plays out. Our Amaya, young Amaya goes and she's like, I can convince my granddaughter to take the totem. She does. Nate goes to old Amaya... To try to kind of plead their case. She has no memory of them, but she, because they kind of learned that she must have wiped her mind of all the Legend of Legends uh, adventures that they had gone on. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets on the same page. Grodd shows up. Amaya's granddaughter, uh, uh, oh no, um, the reason that they needed to get to. Uh, John Noble. We're kind of all over the place. This episode's always all over the place. They need to get John Noble because they see that his voice sounds like Mollus. Uh, Ray has him read a bunch of lines that they're going to play back inside, uh, Dora's ear to make her think that it's Mollus telling her to do what they want her to do. Right. You got that?
0: Yes, I do. Okay.
1: So they think it's gonna be Mollus who destroys the village. It's not. It's Grodd. She Grodd. But Mollus comes to fruition. Uh, Damien Dark stabs them in the back. Sarah stabs him in the back. Uh, Nora is essentially gone, even though there's a little scene, uh, where she, not all vain and crazy-eyed, tells Damien that, like, she'll still be there for him or something like that. Well, but he's now- She's using with... the death odom. Right. But now we see the full form of Mollus. That's how the episode ends, and we've got one more episode left. going back to the Old West, and Jonah Hex is on it.
0: That's right. Now, how come he's not confirmed for all next season? But um I really enjoyed the whole scene where uh, they uh, Ray, like he says, he's doing the rewrite with John Noble for the scene, and John Noble ripping the writing, and it's basically the writing for Legends that he's ripping. Which is so meta, and he 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 records it then uh Ray shrinks down and goes into her ear and and plays the thing, but you know is talking to her, but very loudly, so he has to turn down the the m p three player then the part that totally cracks me up is how like how dark just does his lines for this scene where he's like he's like, what's that my, my f- Take, you know, go with your father to the wave rider. He's like, my father, he's like, oh, uh, Mollis has plans for me. I can't imagine what they are. Please tell me. And I was cracking.
1: Like, this is the absolute best. Um, that I, I was, that, I, I was a little sad that, mm-hmm. uh, Damien Dark like turned his back, of course, on the legends. Right. I was hoping that he would do the full baby face turn instead of just being a tweener man right and be a main team member in the next season
0: i did too i'd like to see him try to redeem and the other thing that uh they did was ava and sarah finally you know admit that they have a relationship and uh rip admits that she's the 12th of the clones that she's perfect for their job which i think i don't know why i still think it's a lie from rip I just feel that he's lying to her and that she's the original, but if she is the 12th clone, that is a bold, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. Mhm. That's why I don't think it is. I think again, Rip has proven in the past that he is a dirty filthy liar. Mhm. And I think that's just this is just more of his lies. Do you think that he's
0: Rip's daughter somehow? Did he have a daughter or a son in the first season? A Do you son- remember? okay. I thought it would be cool if it turned out that he managed to use uh that loophole machine. Do you remember that uh that yeah. they, they invented now? T C uses that to get his, you know, kid back and that Ava's a grown up version. But he had a son, not a daughter, so I was like, but that's a weird like theory that I have. <laughs>
1: It'll be yeah, I enjoy- But I really like the episode. I know we're kinda like uh poo pooing on a little bit and kind of all over the place, but the show's all over the place and that's why we love it.
0: Right. Um I actually this is one of my favorite episodes of the season. I think my favorite episode episode is still the Groundhog Day episode. Um but this one for all that they did and how like Damian Dark has like some legitimate touching uh scenes and you have Ava and Sarah and like other stuff and garage jokes, this, this is like Maybe my second favorite, maybe favorite episode of this season. So I want to see how this all ends and what weird, wacky cliffhanger we're going to have for next season.
1: Right. Uh, Like I said, I agree with you. I think this has been the strongest uh, season to date. You know, Mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, we talked more so about The Flash. First season was really good. Second season, you know, and kind of. The quality, you know, this season four has been really good, but, like, parts of three weren't so good, parts of two weren't so good. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, like I said, keeping them short, keeping them condensed, I think definitely helps uh, these CW superheroes.
0: Right. When it comes to Flash, for me, it goes one, four, two, three. That's my order of seasons from best to
1: worst. That's not a terrible ranking system. Right. So is there anything else that we discussed this week? No, I think that's everything. All right. So uh, for everyone, thank you again for listening. It's episode 392 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe, and we will see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet. Boop.